Welcome to Herblandia. I'm your host, Andrew Quarry. Today we welcome to the show Avra Jane, who's a developer and real estate investor here in Miami from the Vagabond Group. Avra, I want to welcome you to um, Herblandia and uh, glad to have you here today. How are things going on your end? Yeah, good. All, you know, all things considering right, the situation. Grateful that I'm help- I'm having allergies, so I'm, if you hear something in my <clears throat> voice, it's it's a bad allergy season. But you know, grateful to be healthy and and friends and family healthy as well. Uh, same here. Great. Um, obviously, you know, with the the pandemic, um, and that is pretty much all we're uh, immersed in uh, these days. Uh, one of the things that I'm always asking guests to do is sort of like vision cast, you know, what is it, what does the world look like uh, going forward or after all of this is uh, sort of a like, uh, calm down or we flatten the curve. Um, what does it look like within your industry? So, you know, one of the clear takeaways so far uh, is that while it does not discriminate, it shows how the systems that we have in place currently um, has failed a, a, a huge segment of our population, essentially the poor, uh, but just humanity as a whole, because it's not just a United States uh, issue, it's everywhere. Uh, where and how should we start to change a system designed to keep, you know, history repeating itself, uh, failing the same socioeconomic groups? Yeah, I mean, this is a great opportunity, right, to to reevaluate those types of things. It, it, it is, it's, it's crisis that points out the cracks in the system. And yeah. so the cracks um, become crevices, right? When, when these things happen. So it is a great time to reevaluate. And history has done that in the past too. You know, after the world wars and so forth, it, you know, things change, right? That's when we added yeah. Medicare and Social Security and things. So, you know, what are we gonna do um, with this reset? not just on a local level, level, but on a state level, national level, on and on a world level, what is unique this time like versus a crisis like a hurricane, like Irma, you know, yeah. quick response. And Miami's gotten really much better at that, right? We've gotten yeah. really good, you know, every time we get better at it, getting services, first responders, neighbors to neighbors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, FDNL drugs, but you know, that's localized. So this is one of those things where this is not, this is a, a global situation. Um, it, it is, it does, it, the disease itself doesn't discriminate, but that society has set things up so that um, mm-hmm. the disadvantaged and the underserved are more hugely impacted. And so, you know, how do we mitigate that um, going forward? And so I think this is an opportunity to to look at what we do better or not on a local level, on a state level. You know, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that really stood out for me was sort of the disorganization. Mm. Again, remember on a local level, you know, we've gotten very organized for the routine, but just the disorganization um, with the testing, with the communication, um, with the unemployment checks, with, so, you know, hopefully we'll put systems in place next time that will be more effective. So. Well, well, one, one of the things that, um, one of the things that I've, uh, you know, been looking at with regards to who has kind of curbed the, the spread. And one of uh, the articles that I was reading the other day, uh, spoke, you know, focused heavily on Taiwan. 
and how they were able to have a centralized uh, command center. And they took uh, action rapidly. But one of the reasons for this efficient sort of uh, curve in the spread was because they also had to deal with, you know, SARS before. And they had to deal with the a lot of deaths. And so when you have system shocks, obviously we have to learn from that. And as you say, you know, with data, um, it, it makes it a lot easier for us to go through and say, okay, what, 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 what did not work, what worked and how do we change going forward? But it's, it is going to take, as you say, you know, from a, a national level and a global level, uh, solving a lot of these situations, but getting back to, you know, the, the, the racial inequalities, what it does is does the system, um, this situation amplifies what was already broken. Yeah. Uh, well, absolutely. But in, but also think that is, that think of the um, essential workers right now, right? These are typically the people that are underappreciated, underpaid, um, predominantly um, more of a minority um, workforce, right? A, a lot of women, especially in the healthcare industries and, um, and brown and black and so forth. But I think that, that, we are, you know, the the person at the cashier, the bus driver, the, you know, not to mention, you know, we've always appreciated our our police and our and our firemen, but we're seeing these essential workers. Um, we are very differently right now, and I think hopefully we carry that forward. I mean, these yeah. are people that have put themselves on the front line, and um, it's just, I mean, and. Yeah, and some I mean, of them are working because they have to, right? Because they want to support. But a lot of them are doing that because they know if not them, then who? And so there is this sort of humanity amongst them that um, is just, you know, really uplifting. And that you just hope that when this is over, that we we don't forget. And that that appreciation for those people c- continues and that, that we are going to pay them better, that we are going to treat them better, that we make... You know, we're back to... The, the, the whole issue about you know equitability. I mean, mm-hmm. w- that is where these you know equitability in terms of access to listen resources, right? So this is this was access to better health care. So a lot of people have pre-existing conditions because they haven't had good health care or information or or resources like you know sanitizers and masks, like or or you know education. I mean, yeah. this just. This this shows you know housing the healthy housing I mean so that you know so it just exploits um, all the things that we should that we should be working on and not that we I do think you know certainly in Miami we you know we you know and and we've had these discussions and there's a lot of dialogue around it I know the Miami Foundation has made accessibility you know part of their their mission statement uh, their mission going forward and so it's not that people haven't intended that right the Miami forever it's just now we're we're, we're we need to go about it more quickly and with a more yeah. sense of urgency and purpose so this sort of hopefully that there will be some good that comes out of this and and that the urgency to sort of rectify these problems that we know we these things are these are not new issues uh i think one of the things that could be really interesting that comes out of this is this idea of of working from home at least part-time so if you thought about a five-day work week and if people work four days in the office because i think it is important to have collaboration and be around people but I think if, if if people did stay home part of the time, well, you'd have more 
you'd have less less density, right, <laughs> in the office, yeah, yeah. less traffic, less pollution, maybe more time with your kids, right? The travel time before school, after school. What if one parent a four day work week and one parent worked had one day off and another parent had another day off? Well, that's yeah. two more days. You know, they're home at school. I've actually seen a lot of productivity from the people working from home. It's yeah. quiet, right? You can really get things done, and yeah. so maybe that's the day where you take care of your emails, your paperwork. So maybe there's some efficiencies that will come out of this that will make for better lifestyle at home, and will、yeah. make for better work environments, more productivity, and less impact. Less impact、yeah. on the environment, less impact on traffic,、um, and sort you know this sort of improved quality of life overall. So、um, that being said,、um, obviously you're not in the office. You guys are working remotely. But、um, how has this, you know, sort of a hit you and your business、uh, from the perspective of being,、uh, you know, a, a developer, landlord, investor?、Um, how how is this、uh, impacting you? What are the pain points you're working through right now? Well, first, I'm one of the things I want to mention is.、Um, You know, we talk about the first responders and the essential workers、um, with regards to the health and and and,、um, and our and our well-being. But on the economic side, on the well-being on the economic side, you know, one of the positive, you know, the government was proactive. We're lucky we have a monetary system, government that's able to get resources out, though not not a perfect situation.、Um, I I can tell you within. 72 hours of, of filing for the PPP, the Payroll Protection Plan. Within 72 hours, my the local my local community bank, First National Bank of South Miami. Within 72 hours, we were approved, and the money is in the account on Monday. That's great. So that's great. So the, there are these there are these first responders, and I tell you, they helped us with the applications. I know, I know, First American did. I I know the. At least the community banks here were very proactive, working 12, 14 hour days, trying to figure it out, trying to help us with our applications, and that is now a lifeline to our employees. Now, hopefully, everybody that's getting the PPP is doing what it was intended to do, which was get the money to the employees, whether they're working or not working. That was the purpose. Was to keep people employed for another two months, especially in the state of Florida, where nobody's getting unemployment checks. I mean, our unemployment、um, situation in Florida is just—it's—it's—it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's—it's、uh, it's not even embarrassing. It's just unacceptable. So, this—so this system is working. So the the PPP. Um, it's coming to us. We're giving it to our employees. You know, it's a vagabond. It's our housekeepers. Or you know, it's not because we're reopened. It's because that was the intent of the program. And and I think the goal here is is that it, the idea is is that if we can sustain things for a while and stretch this out, not just from a health perspective, so that we can not slam the health system all at once, and if we can give people enough money to get by, so that when we do reopen, hopefully in an organized fashion, that we will come back. You know, I mean, obviously it'll be painful, but we'll come back, you know, more more quickly. So, from our perspective, you know, I we I've been working. My team is working. They're working remotely. You know, there's three architects, and they're working. We have jobs that are going forward. We're in pre-development on two projects, and everybody's working remotely. I actually have two con- small construction sites that were open.、Uh, we're getting ready to open the the gold dust. 
motel. It was a historic renovation. But I had tradesmen there. So construction was able to move forward. Credit to Miami for trying to keep some employment in place. Um, I know it's been challenging on some of the larger job sites, but on the smaller job sites, they've they put they sent around COVID instructions. How you know everybody's got to wear masks and gloves. Most tradespeople are work like a painter works by himself or 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 in twos. So we've actually been able to get things done. The city, the building department, Reese Ponce and his crew um, have have been. Um, you know, operating. We've 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 had um, inspections, uh, obviously from a distance. We've had, uh, you know, they've been very helpful. There's a lot of things that we've been able to do online. They're reviewing plans so that the permit process doesn't stop, which is important because if we're going to get back to work, it's it's easier to 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 go to an idle and and then and then rev it back up than it is to totally shut down and remobilize. So Miami's done a very good job. Now, hospitality industry is not, it, that's been more challenging. But on the construction side, the city has done a really good job um, of trying to keep that engine going. And we've actually, I have found that I've actually had gotten more done through the city during this time than I have at other times. And so, I mean, what what are some of those things that you feel the city can actually take away from this in making things a lot more efficient? Because you, know, you mentioned the the unemployment, obviously, for the state of Florida, how it's such a mess. Uh, you know, websites don't work. People can't get access. They're printing papers uh, for people to fill out and, and you know, submit. Uh, but and so obviously there Wait, is a clear. Think about that. That's the, so tragic. These are people living paycheck to paycheck. That is food not on the table. And the fact that we have a system that goes back to the 80s, when I heard they're using cobalt, I mean, I learned, I went to engineering school, like we're going back to 1979. So the fact yeah. that we have such an archaic system is really unacceptable. But, I mean, to, unacceptable. To, but the system is always kind of designed for, you know, the lowest bidder. I mean, it's like when it comes to, to RFPs and whatnot, it, it's just, you know, let's go with the cheapest uh, option on the table. Uh, because we get by, but we can't we can't afford that anymore. By the way, they they went for the cheapest option, and they're spending a hundred million dollars now outsourcing this to try to fix it. We we know historically it costs more. It's cheaper to prevent than it is to fix after. Whether it's yeah. the environment, whether it's something like this, whether it's health. Right? If we had been, if we had not, if we had continued to fund. Um, you know, pandemic research, re- um, research, and and um, some of the some of the medical programs that have been cut down. I mean, think of the trillions of dollars and the impact this is, and how much could have been spent. It's so hard for people, especially when if people that are sort of cap- the people making decisions are, are really so capital driven and not not socially conscious. They just all they can think about is the dollars today and not the dollars tomorrow. But if they were true capitalists and they really understood the impact of their decision, they'd realize that dollars spent today are 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 tenfold. We get paid back tenfold. But when people don't see it, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't see the immediate results. They're so reluctant. I mean, which is why you know. But now we're going back to education and. And preventive medicine, as opposed to you know more like you know medicine for all, as opposed to just wait till there's a you know you're in the hospital. I mean, hopefully yeah. now people will realize the investment into these social um, social programs 
that um, are, are really in our best interest and that we as a country or we as a society are only as good from the bottom up. And, uh, and that hope, and we have time, by the way, to think about this. You know, we have a hurricane and it's here and it's gone and we recoup and we energize and we get back to work. We are forced right now to take time. The universe has made us take time. They've made us do it. You know, I mean, speaking of uh, bottom up and, you know, the importance of small businesses and everyone on the ground uh, and how, you know, that plays into the overall economy. You know, the PPE, for instance, uh, I mean, sorry, the PPP, uh, the program for the paycheck, um, um, you know, uh, protection, that was that was what, you know, essentially snapped up by bigger corporations. And I, I feel as if like, you know, that that capitalist sort of uh, let's pay our, share, our shareholders and let's let's take what we can out of these uh, situations that we're supposed to be earmarked for a really busy. I mean, businesses are really, really hurting. Uh, but that there's still that greed. Uh, I mean, what needs to change yeah. in corporate governance to kind of get them to become more conscious that it's it's more it's about people, not profit, all the time. Yeah, and 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 shame on the people that are doing it, and they know who they are. We are testing people's honor system now. We're testing their humanity. Um, the program, if properly monitored, which it sounds like it will be, I can from my own experience, we have to show that we indeed hired back all the people that we listed. And it's only a grant, it's only forgiven if you've hired people back. If you don't, it becomes a loan, a 1% loan that gets paid back in two years. Now, so if people, the, the system was set up so people can't cheat. Um, they could take advantage, but they can't totally cheat. And so, uh, you know, so hopefully those bigger corporations are, are doing it the way the program's set up, they're they're taking it at the top and they're and they're and they're pushing it down, and that the people that really need to get the money are the are the people that are being let off and the people that are that are are unemployed and especially in Florida where they can't even get unemployment checks, right? So I think whereas in other states they are handling the employment unemployment situation much better, um, the systems are much better, but. And same thing with the twelve hundred dollar check that's supposed to come. You know, are are the people that's supposed to be getting it are getting it? Are the people that file online? And lots of times, again, it's a little bit disproportionate as to the the intent. Right? Is it really getting to where it needs to go? So. With uh, your projects and urban development, and what do you see in the future of all of this? Because yes, we 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 build for density. Uh, we know that when you have a dense scenario, it's easier for things to move quickly. When you talk about you know uh, disease in the context of a disease or uh, outbreak or anything like that, um, how do we build in a way that we are building for health as well? And you know, going forward really keep a, a very sort of conscious urban development program sort of a mindset going forward, whether you're talking about affordable housing, uh, I know what you deal with a lot, uh, you know, talk about wellness in cities. Uh, what does what the future of uh, urban development look like for you in your context? Well, we've, you know, as you know, through our affordable housing work, we're, we're, we are, we've distinguished ourselves by focusing 
on sort of the, the health and the wellness of the project in terms of the quality and the within the space and uh, sort of in the in the mental health of the space right the dignity the pride and so forth but one thing we haven't discussed is what's going to happen after all this and the sort of the emotional uh, you know impact of all this uh, but in the wealth i mean in the health of of housing again to what, something you said earlier it's not about what's done cheapest right it's about what's done well So do we set standards for that? Uh, on our website, vagabondgroupconsulting.com, we actually open sourced our project. Um, it says open source and we listed everything, every dollar we spent, the materials we used. I mean, we the, the wool, the moisture, the water, you know, how do you how do you create well space that, uh, that not just makes people healthier, but m- feel safe, right? And feel emotionally and mentally more secure and well as well. So we we are we're doing that. And there's a cost to that. But the proportionate cost to doing let's say it healthy or doing it well in in wellness is not that much more. Cuz labor's labor. So it's a lot of it is just you know, it's the same price for labor, so a lot of it is just choosing the the better materials and having the right oversight. So we are trying to not just set the standards in in affordable housing uh, um based on, you know, just on sort of the social aspects and doing urban infill and keeping communities in place, uh you know, these sort of scattered infill projects, but also the quality and the materials that are chosen that will encourage, uh, you know, health and wellness. And 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 that is a lot of it is. So when we set criteria in affordable housing, you know, they set criteria, well, you have to use, you know, efficient appliances and a granite countertop and a peephole in the door. I mean, some of the things are like, okay, whatever. But what what's the insulation behind the wall? And are they using mold resistant wallboard as opposed to uh, you know, white whiteboard? What, what what are they doing? You know, are they properly in securing the windows around for for moisture penetration? Are they doing good sound attenuation in between you know spaces so that you know when you do have these smaller facilities that people feel like they have a home so we are we we are of the proponent that the standards for affordable housing need to not be about the fixtures and the finishes they need about be about the quality of the materials of the base building work so we are trying to change that and encouraging that dialogue uh and it's in in the costs are just minuscule it adds another 5% to the cost which is nothing so you when know, you say you know the rounding hour so when you mention um open source you know we we that terminology we use it software development a lot right we open source this uh how are you approaching open source when it comes to urban development or your your development projects Yeah, we open sourced everything. You can go to the website, you can see exactly what we spent, you can look at all our 53 inspections, how much we paid for what we paid for. If you want a developer, you can see exactly what it cost. Now we don't we do it, we don't charge these our give on this is we don't charge developer fees and we and our give is to open source this. So that in fact, I think every um every project that takes any sort of subsidy, any sort of uh, funding from 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 the public, right? Any sort of should open source should have to open source their project. 
right? If you're taking a subsidy, you're taking taxpayer dollar, it should be open source. And it should be open source, one, for accountability, right? And two, so that people can learn and so that we can all do it better. So within my industry, in fact, you know, I have these conversations. One of my favorite developers is, is, is uh, PMG Ryan Shear. And we talk about our wall constructions and how we do it better. Or Andrew from First, from First Ave. I mean, we talk, oh gosh, you know, I'm using this new product. Did you know that there's soundproofing paint? I didn't know that or soundproofing glue so that when you put when you do your floorboards if you use a soundproofing glue instead of the regular glue it'll it'll help mitigate the sound between floors it, it's a dollar more a dollar more for a bucket for so a, and and you know in the quality of life so we are within the industry those of us that are conscientious open source all the time we need to those of us that are doing public projects need to open source just like the medical industry just like the whole um, medical and the science uh, space is going to do now to solve our problem with regards to COVID and, and future pandemics, right? Open source is the key. That's what, so the people that are doing in technology, it should apply the same construction as it should in medical. Why not share? And in the sharing, we get smarter and we get better faster. So it's all about collaboration. And, you know, just so as we we're wrapping up here, uh, I just want to ask, how, how do you encourage uh, someone, uh, what do you tell someone who is trying to do right by people and, and make a profit in the process? And when they look at how sometimes they seem so insurmountable, that they, they want to give up or just kind of go, you know, the traditional way of, you know, let, let's just go screw it. Let's just go be all about uh, capitalism and, and uh, you know, just make as much money as possible. How do you encourage people to, to go go the way that you've gone where you know you really think about people you think about the socioeconomic impact that you're making as an entrepreneur um in this time how do you encourage people to to stay the course well i think you in our case we have to do both right so i'm getting ready to build an office building on the miami river and i'm getting ready you know so i do adaptive reuse of warehouse i mean we're thoughtful in everything we do and the quality of our work shows and you know and and, and the interesting you know spaces that we do but so on those more traditional real estate projects that's where we make our money and you know we're just competitive with the market whether it's office space or whatever but and that allows us to 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 sort of let's say fund our our public benefits programs whether it's a whether it's historic preservation which does not make money for a lot of money at least or we're, we're trying to make it feasible um with the help of the city and their incentives or um, affordable housing, which we do as a as a give, um, working with the county and, and the CRA and the commissioners. But I think you have to do a blend of both. Uh, you know, people that are there are organizations, philanthropic organizations like Catalyst, and people that are out there, and that is their their um, that is what they do. They are nonprofits, and then it's it's banks, it's Chase, it's it's City National, it's you know other foundations that fund them to do that work so you have you have good work you have a lot of very good social agencies here we work with them with our affordable housing with their chapman house or carrefour so you need so those of us so you need to combine it so the companies that are making money the capitalist com, com, companies that are you know that's what they do they manufacture they make well then they need to turn around and give to those 
social agencies and those non-for-profits that are doing better. They also need to pay their employees better, right, and offer a good work environment first, and then they need to help those agencies that are, um, you know, providing those services that um, where, where that's not what they do. I mean, people need to do what they're what they're good at. So reason why we do affordable housing and because that's what we do that's our expertise so we give in the way that what in what we're good at right but it's and it is our other projects that sort of fund that and i think it's one reason why we've you know in miami i mean it's a town big small city where we've benefited and we see that we see people come and support the vagabond or when people or looking to buy the TDR, the public benefits, they reach out to us first because they know that that they're really helping us do more helpful things, right? Because everything's a trickle down. Everything trickles down. It's just, and you just want to make sure that it's, that it's trickling down to the bottom. And so um, I think that that's, yeah, I think that, um, and that, and it's out there and people show their support of us by, Supporting us, and then we we show that appreciation by supporting um, in the ways that we know how. So everybody needs to look whether it's volunteerism, sometimes it is writing a check. Um, how how can you help and what and what and what you do best? And so you know we've been able to find a way to do that, but it it, it took time. I'm you know I'm older now, and I um, I have a team that's willing to, that buys into this. Um, it's one reason why they work. The satisfaction that comes from doing that work, I think if more people tried to be, um, I guess, to give back um, in the ways that they can, the, the satisfaction that comes from that far outweighs any dollars and cents. So when you see a single mother move into one of these apartments that we build, a single mother with John, and they walk in and they're going, this is this for me it this is for me and to know that 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 how you've de-stressed her life how she feels like she can take care of her child i mean the reward for that it just i mean there's just not there's not dollars for that um yesterday somebody sent me a youtube video from from um india so here's and they have a 21 day shutdown and people are thinking, okay, so they're going to in the slums there and it's COVID isn't going to kill them. It's hunger. That's going to kill them before the COVID will. Because they, they have a shutdown in a place where they, they, they have no food to begin with. Hmm. So this is going to test humanity in in every way. And, you know, the, but what the positives will be, this is a, chance and we have the time and we should take the time for positive resets not just within society you know on a local level state level world level but even within our own lives this is a chance to you know sort of clean up to to do your own resets to evaluate your friendships your life a chance to try ideas you've never tried to learn things you've never learned and it doesn't even take money i mean i as a child i grew up my parents we did not have a lot of money my parents were in school and one person would work days and one person would work nights. Um, and, you know, but you could blow up a balloon, go buy starch and do paper mache at home. I mean, that's what we would do. You could take newspaper, paper mache starch. So you don't need money. Um, you, you, but you just, 
so I encourage people to, it's hard when it's your home and, you know, yes, it's a chance to catch up on your favorite Netflix and your book, but it's also a chance to think of ideas that you've never done yeah. or learn something you always wanted to learn. So I think also these are times when it's better if you have a little bit of discipline, right? Because it's easy to just days it's running. It's so easy to get distracted, especially if you're, you know, you're on any of these yeah, apps. So what are you Let doing? me throw my so Instagram, if, <laughs> Instagram yeah, or so whatever. What have you, how has this changed your life? What have you, what are you doing differently? Andrew. Well, you know, um, as you know about the, the Urbanism Summit, which is my annual conference, um, I've had to postpone that. And um, so in the, in the midst of all of this, uh, with this podcast, it's, it's sort of a, let's say a pivot. Um, it's something I've, I've always wanted to do uh, since last year, I've planned it. But finally, with the, the pandemic and the, the quiet, the quiet and down of things, um, it just ha- had me really reevaluate what my direction is is going to be with uh, continuing continuing to try to be an impact uh, sort of entrepreneur in, in the way that I do things. So this is just one aspect of uh, what I've done since uh, things uh, got really quiet uh, as far as like you know people not being able to move around or collaborate uh, in person. So um, so that that's just one as- aspect when it comes to the work uh, side of things. But personally. Uh, you know, as I, I do introspection, you know, it, it's it's really give me pause to really, you know, focus on what is important when it comes to, you know, my kids, for instance. Um, do I want more stuff? You know, materialism, consumerism can, uh, I always say, end up consuming you. Um, and I, I've shifted, you know, and, and this was on the way already, but this is confirmed. I don't need much. You know, I don't I don't want to amass a ton of things. Uh, you know, I want, I want to live a simple life and just, you know, uh, give love, show love to people, support people where I can, uh, and let my voice and, and my actions, uh, be, a, be a, of, of good, uh, to do good in this world, you know, and I, and I'm thinking like all of us, uh, well, hopefully most of us are thinking legacy, you know, what is it I am leaving behind and, and, and I hope, hopefully that will be things that will help people, uh, grow, enhance their lives. And not, you know, the other side of that, which is, you know, the negativity of or negative impact. So, uh, yeah, in, yeah. in short, I've, I've reevaluated a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have and you've had the time to do that. And I know and I think of the break we gave the earth and well, can we come back and not go back to where we were or how important the breath is. Right. This is a lung disease. Like how important it is to breathe mm-hmm. and this idea of breath. Right. Which has always been a big part of the you know, sort of spiritual connection, right? So here we are really evaluating the breath. And one of the things that kind of stuck with me and, you know, all the health workers and all these people on the front line, one of the things they've asked us to do is stay home, right? Because if we stay home, it helps them. And then you have this reopening of America and then you have leadership at the top retweeting, you know, trying to antagonize people to go out there to protest to reopen the country and it's like one minute you're thanking these people that are risking their lives for us and they've asked us to do one thing which is stay home and they've asked from us is stay home and then the hypocrisy of then people saying rush to get out we are where we are right now because of some of the disorganization that we had we were not prepared let let's at least be prepared so that when we do come out of this and if there is a second wave we can handle it better so I hopefully people will listen to the scientists more carefully going forward, not just for this, but the climate, and that we will, 
really appreciate the collaboration and this idea of collective good that um, that is that is in really all of our best interests if we want to have a more resilient society. Wonderful, Albert. Well, thank you so much for your time, and um, you know, uh, keep on staying safe, you and your family. And certainly, uh, we'll circle back, uh, you know, uh, with uh, with regards to what's happening in the world of uh, urban development and uh, anything, any new and fun and cool, exciting projects you have coming up. Once we get out of this, uh, come and support as well. Go back to Vagamon and have a drink <laughs> by the pool. Yeah, support <laughs> support local guys. We're all going to be doing staycations this year and oh yes, yeah, for and sure. Trips, right? But by the so way, that's a great that's a everybody. That's a great uh, uh, campaign we should start. Yeah, definitely once we open staycation for all, for, for sure. Yep, support local. That will support local. Um, yeah, it will be it will be great. Well, we look forward to seeing everybody at Vagabond. Thankfully, we have a lot of space and room, so social distancing will be easy. So, nice. yes, so everybody stay well, stay healthy and um, and be be grateful for what we have and and really try to help those that uh, that need help and hopefully the, the compassion going forward will be a will be an it's a necessary reset yeah we want to thank average Jane for being a part of the show today uh certainly appreciate you listening as well uh, please do share comment uh, whether it's from apple podcasts uh, spotify and all of the other streaming platforms you know where to find us uh, also send us your comments and your requests via our social networks on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, or uh, just go to our website and submit uh, your request via email from our contact form on herblandia.com. We look forward to the next show. Thank you for listening. Just want to say thank you to Night Young Music for providing the soundtrack for Herblandia, keeping us smooth. You can find them on uh, Spotify, iTunes, and all your favorite streaming platforms. Again, that's Night Young Music.